Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have with me Michael O'Brien from Obi-Wan Financial and also Next Generation Estate Planning. I always start with a mouthful. I said that at the beginning of every podcast. So what he does is with Obi-Wan Financial, he helps businesses hire the right mortgage brokers and also helps people take their business directly authorized. So if you have been thinking about doing that, Michael O'Brien's your man. And Next Generation Estate Planning is a service that he offers to companies to help them write wills for their for their um, customers. And as we all know, and I've been hearing this a lot in the mortgage industry, the wills are the way forward at the moment. And we'll talk about the benefits of um, helping your clients write wills. But before we get into that, Michael, welcome onto the podcast. Yes, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks for no having worries. me. First thing is, can I call you Mike? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Pure, purely because LinkedIn, LinkedIn, I see Michael everywhere. And I think, <laughs> is, it, is it all right to call it? You know, it's quite formal on LinkedIn, isn't it? So yeah. that's where we got in touch through LinkedIn. And we'll get onto social and how you created your personal brand onto that. But how is business at the minute? How are you finding it with people out there? Yeah, it's good. Um, it's been a strong start to the year, to be honest. Um, I had a lot of things going on coming into Christmas and unfortunately, just the nature of our business, like things tend to shut down for a couple of weeks. So I've just been sat there on pause, just waiting for it all to come back to life. But um, yeah. no, it's, it's yeah, it's been a positive start to the year. Um, same to you, I think just off camera, try and keep below 20 emails and like dedicated to my diary management. And it just, it just keeps a nice flow for me, to be honest. It keeps 20 emails. I'm sat here at the minute. I think <laughs> my own red, I'm just clicking on it now. I think it's about 1400. <laughs> Oh, right, I think okay. that, yeah. So yeah, I'd be having sleepless nights at that. I'd be like, oh my god, what's in there that I've not dealt with? Apologies, two thousand eight hundred and sixty-six. But what that is is they're all these. I get loads of notifications from like website updates or. Yeah. You know, I should really set up a separate inbox and have them all directed there. Yeah, oh, it's sort of an automation, and it will send it there as soon as it comes in, so it keeps your main inbox empty. Uh, setting up rules and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to get onto that. Anyway, enough about my uh, horrible inbox. Um, let's start with getting a bit of a background to you, who you are, where you've been, and where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so when did I? I came into financial services, um, probably countrywide. I was um, on the estate agency side of the business initially. Um, I started that over in Manchester um, when I had a little girl. She was oh, uh, just turned three. She was going into nursery. I'd looked after her for three years and then I needed to get a proper job. Um, I couldn't hide from it anymore. I'd renovated the house and there wasn't a, a lot else to do. So right. I started over in the Manchester area and then moved over to Cheshire um, when I sort of relocated with her when she was starting school. So okay. I did, yeah, um, I did four years originally. Then I took some time off when my son was born. I was a stay-at-home dad with him as well and, then I went back into a state agency again um, when he was old enough to go to, to nursery. So that was my sort of introduction to like the housing market and working around sort of mortgage brokers and finance. And um, I think it was a, for me, it was a good introduction. I, I learned mm. that I could sell stuff um, 
that you can't actually sort of touch or feel. It was like a service business. And um, I just found that I had quite a natural way with people. And mm-hmm. that sort of led into what I then went on to do afterwards, which was like the life insurance sales. Um, I proved to be quite successful at that. And again, you know, that's something people don't really see, touch or feel. It's, you know, there's no benefit to it until you really need it. Mm-hmm. I, I say it's not tangible. You can't you can't take photos of it, or you can't sell. Look, this is the product you need to buy yeah. it from the person, don't you? Yeah, that's it. So my kids joke that I could sell air, and I was like, well, you never know. We might try that one day. But um, so I went out of the state agency, and then I went and worked with um, one of the former directors of Money Supermarket. He'd sold his shares and came out. Okay. Um, and we he was actually working on a digital media project. It was um, actually it was back well it's probably what 12 12 years ago we were creating films of fans and um such sports fans like rugby football that sort of thing and we'd built um a fans hall of fame where we hosted the videos so it was like almost early reels so it was a little bit sort of ahead of its time and we did that for sort of eight to 12 months but we were starting to get into premiership football clubs and sort of high high net worth like um sports arenas Mm -hmm. but the FA had it all sewn up, so it was very expensive just to talk to these guys and try and get it to work. So we actually sort of redirected um, our resource into a life insurance business. Okay. Um, and, and that's how I ended up coming into life insurance at that point. Um, so I worked with um, Stuart and um, Louise from Money Supermarket, and that's where I got my sort of background. And again, it's it was just following process, learning mm-hmm. process, asking the right questions, like positioning it correctly with the clients and the conversions were there. It it was just something that worked really well. Well, I think Um, you've got a colourful past then in terms, not in a bad way. Sometimes you say colourful past, someone's been, you know what I mean, been in in the cell for a few nights. A colourful past I'm talking is, uh, is, you've got that football thing. So, you know those, before we get into this, I'm interested, the videos of the fans, would you sell those to the TV to like... Uh, no, so um, so we would sell the Hall of Fame to the to the football club, and then as right. part of that, we would create the content that went into the website, um, oh, okay. and we would sell we'd sell the films to local sponsors who would brand up the film. So like, there'd be a reel of like the fans talking about their memories of the club, and it would have like the logo embedded on the actual film. Oh, so okay. that's that's how we sort of monetized it. So yeah, we did that. Um, it was an interesting one that because. It was like the internet was still sort of kicking around, sort of coming to life sort of thing. Mm. So it was um, quite an exciting one to be involved on. That's yeah, interesting. It, yeah, it, I have got quite an eclectic sort of collection of um, careers, really. Mm-hmm. And it, I've kind of pulled it all together over time to sort of, to my benefit, if that makes sense. Because yep. I headed up, it was more so like the marketing and building propositions and actually sort of, business development, opening the doors and sort of getting people to talk to me. And that that very much translates to what I do like now. Exactly. You know, so perfect um, segue yeah. into what you do now. So let's break the company down because yeah. I know Michael off LinkedIn and Michael needs to run a pie shop because he's got his fingers in so many of them. Like if you speak to someone, do you know Michael O'Brien? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Michael. He does this for us and he does that. Um, And it was funny, before we started speaking on camera, we were chatting about 
like the people that we know and he was at one of the events that was widely organized he was like yeah I work with them and then I work with that person so you are everywhere but let's boil it down to the two main companies that that you're involved with so OB1 Financial talk us through what you do with OB1 and I assume OB is because of O'Brien it is yeah so yeah um one of the firms I used to work at called me OB1 and used to say the force was strong with this one so it, it kind of like the brand wrote Very itself and um, so it's like Obi-Wan Financial, like the force your business needs. So um, leading up to launching the business, um, I'd worked within the company where I joined as a life insurance advisor, but the plan was to grow that business into more of a network. Um, mm. And the, like the four years previous to launching the company, I'd been um, sort of heading up the recruitment of mortgage brokers, insurance brokers into that company. And COVID hit and the dynamics changed a little bit. And I just wanted or needed more control um, for me as, a, as an individual. So um, I took the leap um, and decided to launch the company. Um, it Fundamentally, it started out as um, a recruitment business. So I've made a few contacts over the years that I've done it. Um, I reached out to them and just said, look, I've gone independent. I, I'd like to sort of help you build your business if it's something that you're interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a few initial contracts and was starting to find brokers I mean, I've got probably two and a half, three thousand in my book uh, on my phone. And it was just a question of reaching out to people and seeing if, you know, they were looking for a change. And then it kind of evolved um, because I've got connections with like mortgage clubs, insurance clubs, systems providers. um, And then I built like a development business essentially because some of the brokers I was talking to, it was getting to that point where they didn't want to be part of a network anymore. They wanted to be directly authorised. They wanted that autonomy. So I I put a package together with um, a back office compliance support company that would do the applications and look after them. And then once the application was in play with the FCA, I would help them set up the systems and the processes and get the business built. Right. So that's, they're they're the two sort of key elements to the business. And they kind of, dovetail into each other in that um, once those businesses are set up and they want to grow they then come and talk to me about recruitment so it's it's right. that circle i think well that was the idea in my head anyway is like help them get to where they want to be and then help them grow and i can do that through the recruitment channels that i've got so it's all about you having so i'm just sorting my mic out here it's all about you having the right connections to help those these people and, and whether it be going directly authorised or hiring and, and making the team bigger. With directly authorised, because I've never actually spoken to a company that is taking it directly authorised, is it hard to take a mortgage company from being under a network through to being DA? Um, I think probably the hardest thing is the cash flow transition. Right. That's what a lot of people don't take into consideration because when you leave a network, normally things get cut off and there's a period of time that you have to go through before they release that revenue to you. Yeah. And then once you are authorised, it's the setting up of all the agencies with the new lenders and insurers and everything else. So there's that, that time lag between sort of getting your authorization and actually being able to service a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively, you, your pipeline is very much like run down because you don't want to keep putting business into the network that you leave in mm-hmm. if you're going to go live very shortly and you can start putting it through your own sort of direct authorizations. So it's not for everybody. It's Mm -hmm. a lot more responsibility because it is all on you. 
but there comes a point commercially where you maybe look at it and you see that there's a tipping point. Um, but if you've got the right support team in place, if you've been part of a network and you're compliant and you, and you know what you're doing, um, it, you know, that side of things is easy because you're doing it every day. It's, mm-hmm. I think the challenge comes for people who go directly authorised in terms of like the extra management, so like the extra reporting, those extra responsibilities. Well, it's just in- interesting to speak to somebody who does it day in, day out. So that's Obi-Wan Financial. And then you've set yeah. up um, Next Generation Estate Planning as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, help people? Um, so, yeah, sorry, Chris, to talk over you. Um, so I did, I, I um, so that's um, a franchise of a much larger, well-established estate planning business. So right, the, okay. the background behind it is, um, obviously, I, I help people recruit, I help people build firms, I've got contacts with like mortgage club systems providers. Um, it was for me when I saw the platform and, and where I think it's going in terms of technology and what we can do moving forward for, for people and how easy it could become. I saw um, an opportunity in the people that I already work with to help them integrate wills and lasting power of attorneys and trusts into everyday process. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I, I've got this platform that you can use but actually, because I've bought in at partner level, if you wanted your own platform, I can help you get your own platform as well. So there's there's a few different layers within the business that I've got the access to. And I've then taken that one step further and reached out to like the systems providers like Smart365 and Acre and the actual systems that the guys are using every day to do their mortgage business and said, is there a possible integration here? Can we look to build this into like where the brokers spend all their time doing the business and just make it really simple? And mm. because um, I, I have a little bit of a, a joke with my referral partners, like when we talk about an ideal customer, it's like, well, we're over 18 and they've got a pulse, you know? So that <laughs> it's pretty much, you know, every customer you can be having a conversation with. Um, and if we can embed that in daily process, then, you know, everyone stands to benefit because it there is there's there's upfront revenue there's like there's executorship which is long-term mm. revenue which you can add to the bottom of your profit and loss um but it, i just saw a massive opportunity mm. i mean um my kids i joke about my kids being my shareholders and so i've got three children i'm a single dad um i literally took my life savings and bought the franchise and they've yeah. held me account. Yes, they've held me accountable from day one. They're like, Dad, we were going to buy a house, and my daughter was going to like pass a driving test. She was like, that was my first car. So I was like, look, you know, it's going to work. I'll put everything into making it work, and you know, we'll have another house another day and a car, etc. And it has, and and that's the kind of driving force behind it. I, I saw it. I thought, wow. I can make this work. I can get it into businesses, and and over time, it that's what's happening. Um, there's, there's some exciting stuff coming down the down the track this year, and we've we've had some pretty like large successes in 2022 that are starting to sort of work properly now as well. And that's you've seen a gap in the market, and you're helping mortgage brokers out. How can it? How can if somebody signed up with you with Next Generation, how does it help them increase their profits? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a really simple implementation process. Um, to help them embed it in their everyday process. Mm. Um, we've got pre-built website content. We provide the company with URLs where actually customers can transact off their website as well. So 
it can actually generate leads for customers um, because when someone completes a will, they provide a certain amount of information. And because of the GDPR opt-ins I've got, if it originates from their website, I can actually share that information with them as well. So it can be used as a lead generation tool. Um, in terms of embedding it into process, it helps them um, fulfill consumer duty. So it, we've, we, it's coming down the track. We've got a responsibility to like, help customers protect themselves against like, foreseeable dangers financially. Mm-hmm. That's not the exact FCA wording, but yeah, I know what you mean. Phrase. You, you've got to, you've got to show them all options available to them. Yeah, to exactly. Them. Yeah, that's it. And you know, you, we ask the question now at the moment: Have you got a will? You know, some people will take that further and ask if they've got lasting power of attorneys because if you've got financial liabilities, that's it's very important that mm-hmm. you put them in place. So we have a process, and if you ask the question and you actually help that customer sort of get the wills and the lasting power of attorneys in place, You again, you're ring-fencing that customer within your business. I'm making a ring with my hands, but you can't see it. Um, <laughs> you're watching on YouTube, you can. So head over to the YouTube <laughs> channel. Shameless uh, plug. <laughs> and it's like we planned it. Um, and, and essentially, that's what it does. So Because there are companies out there that will provide somebody with a £10 will, and that's just a lead generation tool because they'll capture the client information and then they'll do the mortgage and they'll do the life and they'll do the GI. So if you're a mortgage broker and you've got your customer um, and it's a product that they need, we're helping them provide that. So um, it's the way that the platform is actually built. It's starting to cater for all manner of people and all all what their requirements are. So somebody could go on and actually um, purchase a will, fill out, the document with the guides and the videos and the the AI bot that actually sits in there is assisted. Um, But then if someone doesn't want to do that, we've got a a consultant centre and we can book them in with a consultant and the consultant will help them um, go through it all and do it all with them. So we've, I feel we've got like the full spectrum covered. Um, And that's what I liked about it when I saw it. I was like, like my daughter, would probably go on and do it because she does everything on an app and it's really easy to do and she's comfortable with it. Someone who's maybe 60, 70 years old wants to talk to somebody. So we've, you know, we, we can manage it all. We'll do both sides of it. And it's good that you can offer the full package to people, isn't it? Yeah. In this market now, there's going to be, obviously it's getting tougher. The market is getting tougher. Purchases are slowing down. I'm still hearing there's a lot of remortgage business out. And this is from me speaking to, like we look after 65 mortgage brokers now. So I get a whole plethora of all over the country and remos are up, purchases are down. The good thing with remos is they can be done a lot quicker, which hopefully means that people will start to need more staff. Now, the burning question I get from people is, and they don't ask me directly, but they're always on the search for good staff. How do you find them, Mike? Um, so I obviously got a contact book um, in my phone. Um, it's probably, well, I was going to say daily, maybe not daily, every other day, every week, someone will contact me and say, look, I'm looking to move on. Or I'm looking for new options. Like, can you help me? So, oh. so I've got like the, the list of people that I'm working with and, um, I'll sort of walk through what they want in terms of what they're looking for to grow their business, what they find is important. And I will sort of look at what I've got available and sort of try and marry the two together, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right, That's yeah. how I tend to do things. Um, 
But I obviously built a personal LinkedIn brand. Um, I say brand, it's not really a brand, it's just me. No, it is. It, it, it is a brand because people know your name and we'll, we'll get into that because it's interesting that you went into that, <laughs> into that segue. But yeah. obviously you you have the staff come to you. Sorry, you have the recruits come to you that you can put in touch. Yeah, so with there's, there's a couple of elements to it. So I, I obviously have the LinkedIn sort of presence mm-hmm. and people will approach me over LinkedIn. Um, I have the contact book and old people that I've worked with, they'll come to me. I've got industry contacts who will feed people into me like oh, such and such has told us looking to move, can you help her? Um, and then I, I've, I run an Indeed like site as well. So I, I list list jobs through Indeed, um, and candidates will come in through Indeed, and I will look after them. And again, um, I'll advertise so many different roles. But if I get a candidate that doesn't fit the role, then I'll I'll sort of look to introduce them to someone where I think they'll they'll you know it's a good home for them, and they'll and they'll be a good fit. Is is Indeed good? for finding good mortgage people? Have you found some real gems on there? Because it's always something that's, what I say, a taboo subject, but people are a bit unsure whether to go down the Indeed route. Yeah, so um, I found a couple of good mortgage brokers. It's not overflowing with mortgage brokers, in my opinion. Um, but I tend to find more like administrators, power planners. Um, it, if someone's looking for like a trainee role, if they're coming into the industry new, if I ever put up a trainee advisor role on Indeed, I have like a hundred overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a really rich vein for like new talent coming into the industry. I've probably just given away a secret there, but yeah, if you want any trainee brokers, just stick up an ad. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but yeah, the more established guys, because um, when someone finds a firm and they're comfortable and it's working, there's no real need to sort of go and start looking. Mm-hmm. you know and and but because they know what i'm doing the guys i've got in my phone book who are looking to then move it might be that they're looking to move networks they run their own businesses mm-hmm. or they're looking to go like directly authorized so at least have a look at what the, the commercial implications are that's where the business comes from for me okay so it's just interesting to find like there's people going to be listening to this thing and I'm going to expand my team in 2023. Where do I find good staff? First portal call is like the likes of yourselves, the like of Marcus at Energy Resourcing as well. Yeah, um, yeah, good guy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, it's those type of people that these are the guys that have a phone full of people and that's that's where you need to utilise it. You are obviously on the phone to a lot of company owners, mortgage company owners. What do they say is the hardest part of running a mortgage business at the minute? So, um, so guys who've like come into this and grown and it's been them and then they start to take on a couple of other people and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's managing people. It's, okay. that, it's that transition from just managing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you might have been a brilliant broker and you're a brilliant broker because you've got a really great way with people and you can manage your diary really well. And, you, you know, you've got to a point where you've got an excess amount of business and you've brought in an administrator and you've still got too much business and you've brought in another broker. It's then it's it's dealing with somebody else's emotional mm-hmm. makeup. And right. like, if you've got one, it's probably not too much of an issue. But then when you get to like three, four, five, six, it's, it's actually managing all those different characters. That can be quite challenging. Um, lead generation as well, if people are looking to scale, generating leads is, mm-hmm. is a challenge. Um, a plug for you here, like managing your socials, 
managing your brand, like awareness. It's when you take it up to the next level, you've got so much more to do and think about than just servicing customers. Yeah. And I think that's the most challenging bit for people. Um, is, is, is running a business as opposed to being the business. The, the reason I ask you that is I like this podcast to be a bit of a, like a room full of mortgage brokers and you can go around and listen to all their stories and you speak to all those brokers so you can tell us what they're struggling with. And I think it'd be nice for people listening to that going, ah, yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. It's not just me. And you are yeah. very right. I see it a lot where it's hard to make that jump from one to three because you ultimately need to give up a bit of control and manage other members of staff. And that's a completely different role to advising, isn't it? Oh, it is hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I'm at that point in my business where I'm thinking about taking somebody on myself. Right. And it's like, well, actually, am I ready for that? <laughs> do, I, do I want to manage somebody? You know, I'm comfortable managing me. I know I, I get out what I put in sort of thing, mm-hmm. but I've, I've, as I've gone along, I've tried to build out the processes and the systems and document everything. So if I did want to bring somebody in at some point, I've literally got a suite like on Google where I go, there's everything you need. There's your intro emails. That's, you know, um, that, you just plug and play with it, you know, and, but I'm not. That's an interesting concept. Actually, you try and document everything. If you are maybe thinking of hiring staff, taking it to that next level document everything you do so when it comes to hiring you've got a, a library it almost sounds like you know what you're doing michael Mate, it's frightening isn't it? <laughs> like, well, it, that's what i talk to people about when they start, start thinking about recruiting it's video what you do so make, make a recording so if you're it, it, it doesn't for data protection reasons it's probably not best to do it on a live case yeah but if you've got a case study like take yourself through a full like case and video it all mm. and that's accessible night or day Do you know what I mean it's one like- of the one of the pieces so I've got like this I've got a business coach and he helps me develop the business on from a marketing point of view and he's taught me how to use loom which is I don't know right. if you've heard of it so if anybody's used loom what it does is it records the screen for you but it puts you in the bottom left hand corner like a, a video of you so that person can see what you're doing on screen, but can see your face as well. And I found it really helps. Loom, he does it. Loom, yeah. I think it's, you get 25 videos free per month, up to five minutes in length. Right. Um, and what he what he's done is he's got a lot of people that outsource, he outsources to, and he makes them full guides with, his, with Loom videos. And I know it's only a small change having your video in the bottom left-hand corner, but it makes it a lot more personal. Yeah, I like that. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, so it's I, really cool. I, I've used Screenmatic. So um, so I, I've obviously got like the online um, Wills business. I've created videos through that journey. Oh, so okay. Like, as guides for people and how to use it. Um, but what, what's and, good is when you, you can upload it and then they can comment on it, like if they've got questions right, and things. Okay. But Screenmatic is another one. That's something you'd recommend to people. Yeah, that's something I've used. It's just really easy. It's like it's free. I've just created the odd video. Um, of beautiful. like actually taking myself through the, the portal process and how it works and 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 like setting things up essentially. So because everyone learns in a different way, that's what mm-hmm. I find really exciting. So like I'm an audio audio visual. I'd I'd love to watch a video and sort of like take it in and be taught through how it all works. And yeah. then 
what I would probably do from that is make a page or two of notes and then condense that to like a page and then so on and so forth. And then I get to the point where everything's just automatic. Yeah. So like, that's one of the things that I sort of talk to other people about is like, write a process guide. That's fine. But like half the people probably won't read it. Mm, you know, watch a video bring it to life in a video, you know, it, you know, it's, it's going to capture the other half and then everyone's on uh, being looked after. And, that that's one of the challenges like we were saying about growing the business like everyone's different yep every yep you've got your own way of doing it yeah exactly it's like you can have a conversation with one person and they take it on and it works and then somebody doesn't quite get it and you've just got to rephrase it or reframe Mm. it and you know that's that's one of the challenges i think as you grow so let's get on to social media you have created a personal brand on social media and when i say a personal brand is I would say the majority of people in this industry know your name and, and who you are. So how have you done it on LinkedIn? Um, I've just been really consistent. Well, I think I have. There's... Love that word. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, when I when I first launched the business, I, I lit a gospel. I was like working around the clock. So I would work until 12, 1 o'clock at night, get in bed, be up at 5 o'clock before the kids got up for school. And... It was all about um, building like marketing tiles. It was, it was, I'd mapped out like what I wanted to post. I'd got all of that content in a library um, that I just like went in and, and used. And then I'd repurpose it and I'd put it out on WhatsApp. And I'd, I'm not so much on Facebook because I dropped away from Facebook while I was focusing on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I've kind of drifted back to that now because I know it pairs up with Instagram and it's kind of two for one is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. And, but I'd, I'd built it all and I would go back in um, on my LinkedIn and I would copy and paste the, the content that I'd, I'd spent time writing that I liked. And I would maybe just put it on with a different image and mm-hmm. I would put it on at different times and I would kind of see what the engagement was like and what worked and what didn't work. And then I... Um, I've suffered with my mental health over the years. I, I won't run away from it. Like mm-hmm. I, I train because it keeps my my body and my mind right. Um, and I I sort of coached people. I've looked after people who've been in pretty dark places. And I, I'm very much about that positive, being that positive mm-hmm. person, even sometimes when I don't even feel that positive. So you might see me disappear off LinkedIn for like three or four days, and that might be because I'm, having a little bit of a bad time and my head's not really in it, but I recoil. But most of the time it's, I post what I'm feeling. So I- Very raw, it's very personal. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, I I put the occasional business post out, but I think people know what I do. Like Mm. we were saying off camera before that, um, I don't really chase people now that don't want to work with me. So this was in, this is what I'd love to get into, into it a bit more depth. LinkedIn, you spend a lot of time on there, but what you don't do, you don't spend a lot of time chasing people. You will nurture people, won't you? How do, and this can can appeal to any industry. You're in the recruitment industry, but this could appeal to mortgage advisors trying to look for clients. How do you nurture people rather than chase them? No, that's it. So, um, I what you see is what you get with me. I, I genuinely wear my heart on my sleeve. Like the content that comes out um, is is me. Like I I want to inspire people to like be brave enough to take the leap and do the things that they want to do. Because mm-hmm. I sat and waited for a very long time, and 
everything happens for a reason at the right time, I guess. But on reflection, I'm like, I just want to encourage people to be brave enough to sort of take that step if they're thinking about it. And obviously that comes in with the work that I do. And if I can encourage people to talk to me and I can help them move mm-hmm. into new roles, et cetera, then obviously I, I get remunerated for that. But um, sorry, mate, I've gone completely off track there. I, what no, was no. the question? No, it was about nurturing. So you are nurturing, uploading sorry, content yes. that yeah. you're not asking them to phone you. You're not asking for people to come to you for a, a, to place them. You're yeah. giving them content to give them the, you're building the foundation. That's it. I mean, I'm encouraging them to interact with me. That's essentially what I do. Um, I, I explain people, I have a chat to them about the industry. I have a chat to them about like what their goals are, what they want from this, like what brought them into it in the first place. Like, what's the big picture? What's the dream? I, I encourage people to, like, dream big. Like, and, and if I can help them achieve that, I will. That's, that's the conversations I have with people. And, and they tell me what they're looking for. I sort of have a look at the people that I'm working with currently or the opportunities that I've got. And I, I, I'm, I'm a matchmaker. That's, that's how I sort of see it. And I, I had a client lose a um a recruit within the first 12 weeks and it's the first time it's happened to me um, over the christmas period and i was absolutely gutted because i really do pride myself on putting the right people together Mm, yeah you know so it's one of them i'll get over it probably in about six months time but it really (laughs) knocked me first week back i was like oh no (laughs) start to the year (laughs) so that's because i do think you want yeah You're trying to help people. That's the the thing you're trying to do. So the ethos behind it. With all of your content, it's all about trying to help people and and allow them to do what they're feared of doing. But going very micro, what does your so every morning you might log on to LinkedIn? What do you do in the 30 minutes on LinkedIn? Talk us through the exact steps that you take. What buttons do you press? Who do you connect with? Yeah, no, that's fine. So I actually um so the process I go through, um, I go on my Facebook page and I go to my memories on my Facebook page and I look at what's come up in the memories on my Facebook page for that mm-hmm. day. Um, and if there's like inspirational quotes in there that are relevant to me at this time, I download them into my phone mm-hmm. and then I may edit them um, just to make it like appropriate to LinkedIn, like cut it, size it, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll, po- I'll pop that on. And like sometimes I don't put any words on there at all because I don't think we need it. Okay. Other times I'll I'll put a little bit on and you know just tell people how I'm feeling and like encourage them to like have a chat with me or just reach out if there's something that we can sort of talk about together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I kind of word work it. I um I just go off the way I feel now. Like right initially it was very planned it was very structured it was very um, much about like businesses the services like and then i, I kind of it's evolved over time i'm like mm-hmm. whenever i put a business post out i'm surprised if anyone likes it or reacts to it now <laughs> I, I genuinely i'm like oh that's cool that's, that's cool right see you've you know, made that shift into personal stuff then because yeah. it's about the people and what i see personally from you is you respond to a lot of people's comments. You'll always be on LinkedIn to speak to people. 
you don't just rely on your actual content, do you? You like to get into the comments and interact with people. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. If someone comments on it, I tend to comment back, at least acknowledge it. Like mm-hmm. Sometimes there are messages going on offline as well, like outside of the actual sort of content piece. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it, I do like to engage with people. And I, I'm, I'm getting better at that, I think, as well, I, in terms of um, sort of showing the real me, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, I, I'm sure my kids think I'm crazy at times. I, I do question my own sanity at times as well, Chris, to be honest. But I see stuff and I'm like, actually, yeah, you know, let's support that. Let's comment yeah. on it. Like, it's, I see LinkedIn actually as a really quite a supportive. Um, I do, yeah, massively. I think yeah. it, it's not as as toxic as some social media platforms has been. I mean, to be honest, the mortgage community, there's a lot of support for each other compared to other industries that I've seen massively, but LinkedIn is the one that nurtures everybody. Yeah. I See, I talk to people about the mortgage industry being like a bit of a book. So it's like, it's it's massive. There is loads of us, right? Mm-hmm. But actually, like, we are that close together. If you shut the book, it's literally like, <laughs> yeah, everyone just comes together and pulls together. I think, you know, like we all support each other. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Like, I'm, I always um, sort of quote that line, like, if you help enough people get what they want, you all get what you want. Yeah, very good point. Um, That's one of my favourite ones. So So it's all about being real on social, isn't it? That's essentially what you are doing to to win on social media. Right, so before we get into the strategy question, we like to make a £10 donation to a charity of your choice. Which charity did you want us to make the donation to? Um, It's Cash for Kids, please if that's okay cash for kids manchester so um it's quite close to my heart that. okay we will make the donation for you so thank you so let's get into the strategy question so we're going to pretend yes. that you've moved to the north of scotland you've got a laptop a mobile phone and an internet connection and remember you don't have to use any of those if you don't want to <laughs> okay. but what would you do to start generating mortgage business um i'd actually i'd probably walk into the local town and see who was local um, mm-hmm. So like accountants, solicitors, um, estate agents, letting agents, anything where there's like a direct connection in the property industry where mm-hmm. we could um, benefit from working with each other. Um, I, I, that, I'm a massive advocate for that. Like mm-hmm. yeah. actual sort of face-to-face, on the ground, building those like relationships. So obviously we've got socials and that's sort of pumping out your message and sort of capturing people and they come and learn about you and sort of find out who you are. And then over time they would interact with you. And um, I think those initially, if I was in that position, it would be a, a face-to-face, let's have a chat. Let's see how we can work together. Mm-hmm. What common ground have we got? You know, like who can I, who do you know that you can introduce me to? Who do I know that I can introduce you to? Like, let's, let's build something together essentially Let, yes. let's support each other in doing it like I say I'm a, I'm a helper that's how I'm kind of built um so then, you're more about that face-to-face sorry next no no it's fine so th- that would be like my initial go-to and then I'd probably go online and go to yell.com and look at the slightly wider area and and start contacting businesses um over a direct email approach I'd probably put a little email together a little bit of um like a, a, a marketing brochure content, like this is who I am, this is what we do. Like, is there anything in there that we can help each other with? Um, 
you know, and I'd do that. And then I'd go into Google, where hopefully my phone's backed up to my email, and it's got all my existing contacts in, and then I start working through there. But it's ah, interesting. You know, yeah. it's, it's that's that's what I talk about with people like when they're looking to get started because I mm-hmm. I work with CMAP trainers who get brand new CMAP qualified people and then fire them over to me and say look can you help them sort of get into the industry get them started um, I've got some firms who will take new business like new trainees straight away and um, one of my friends firm takes them we've got a built training program and looks after them all the way through and I talk to those guys about yes you know you've got your social medias you've got all this sort of stuff you building the full presence but who have you got in your phone mm-hmm. that you could talk to who do you know that owns a business that's got a client bank that uh, or an employee base like how how let, get that piece of paper out with the spider on and like who have you got and those connections and build it that way as well yeah. you know and someone said to me the other day and i can't believe i've not coined this frame previously Every client is a referrer. Yeah, so, yeah, they know five people that know five they, people. Yeah, they yeah. know people. You know, like if you've got a hundred clients and ten percent of them send you a deal a month, you know that you know you've got a yeah. it's working. You've got ten. I've just month. thought. I mean, that that's a great. I like the way that people come to you, and that's the exact answer that you give them. Um, but what would be pretty cool is if I ask the this question at the end of every podcast is to snip up all of these answers and put them into a mega two-hour episode and you can just go go and listen to social for brokers episode because these are all people that have been there and done it as well and the things you've helped people do this so that question to me is gold on this episode i love love it it, mate when you said it over i was like that's cool i have to i have to admit i nicked it from um I say nicked it. I reused it from a very good podcast repurposed that's the one the uh from uh yeah i wasn't i wasn't stealing the tv office i was repurposing it into my house um <laughs> but it was from john lee dumas entrepreneur on fire that i used to listen to years ago and it's funny ash Borland, you know ash he's yeah, actually yeah, no, ash. spoken yeah, yeah, yeah. to this john lee dumas and um i said oh i nicked it from his episode it was it, what his question was is like well pretend that you've got a mobile phone laptop and internet connection but you dropped on a completely different planet Exactly the same as this. What would you do to start generating um, generating leads? But yeah, that's where it came from. But mate, great answers for people. Go back, listen to a few of those things. If you want, if you want to get back in touch with Mike, Mike, how do we do it? Honestly, just LinkedIn. Um, mm. Just jump on LinkedIn. My contact details are on there. Email, mobile. Drop me a message on there. Email. Give me a call. Um, yeah, if 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 my phone's on and I've not got my little girl, I answer it. You know, there you go. That, that's how it works. Um, it, my little girl, eight, and I build my world around her, to be honest. So if, if, I've, if I've got her, which is only half the time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but when I do have her, then I pour my life into her. So, um, awesome. Yeah, so yeah. When, you, when you're not there, you can, you can have a little chat. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been nice to, after knowing you for about two years on LinkedIn, it's nice to speak face to face. We've spoken on the phone, but not like this. So it's been um, really refreshing. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Cheers, Mike. Cheers, Mike. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, 
or with the handle social for brokers look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all